Welcome to the Matt Westnell Podcast, presented by Bullfighters Only, live from the Doghouse Saloon inside the Resorts World Casino. Las Vegas Strip, we're back in Vegas. Believe it or not, there's uh, only three more rounds of the Wrangler National Finals left to come here in this year's edition before we watch the crowning of the world champions. Speaking of world champions, the BFO I mentioned a moment ago, they're going to crown their world champion this weekend as well. The absolute best freestyle bullfighters in the world continuing to battle it out at the Resorts World Pavilion Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 1.30 p.m. So come out and hang out with us and enjoy the greatest bullfighters on the planet. Speaking of the best, my guest today, but I, I mentioned this the other day, uh, between the two of us, we have six world titles. Problem is, he is a six-time PRCA world champion bull rider, Sage Kimsey. Sage, I know it's a busy 10 days, but thanks for hanging out with us. You'll have to get that really close. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it is. It's chaotic 10 days, but it's the best 10 days you know, in our years. Yeah, I mean, it's Fun. what you work all year for is to get to these 10 days. And, and I joke about, okay, you've got six world titles. You've got a lot of money. You're good looking. You've got... <laughs> you know, the, the notoriety, we literally have nothing in common other than one thing. And that is the fact that we both married way out of our league. Yeah. hundred percent for sure. I mean, I think you're not giving yourself quite enough credit, but we, we definitely did well in the, yeah. you know, the lifetime partner category. We did. And uh, congratulations are in order because <laughs> not only do you have a lovely bride, but uh, you're, you got another big title coming up soon. And that's the title of dad. Yeah, we got a little one on the way, uh, going to be here late winter, I guess, early spring. So, yeah, no, we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a huge shift, obviously, but uh, we're excited. Have you, uh, have you thought about, like, you're going to be a dad. I mean, have you just stopped and really let that sink in? I have, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I'm not worried at all because I know my wife's just going to take care of everything and be super mom. So it's not going to really change my life a whole lot. Like, I love that you can admit that. Yeah, I'm not going to do much. She's the boss. She's going to take care of everything. Yeah, she's got it. She, she's been keeping me in line for long enough that I, I know she's going to do well. That's awesome. So awesome. Do you know what it's going to be? A uh, little boy. It is? Yeah. Uh, do you have a name? We do, yeah. I, I actually I, have. If you want to change your mind... Uh, Matthew does mean gift of God, just a recommendation. Ma Matthew would be nice, yeah. We, we've got a name picked out, um, and yeah, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be telling people, and she told oh. me the other day, she was like, Sage, you can't tell people the name. So you keeping like, it a secret? I am now, yeah. I, I was sworn to secrecy. How many people Oops. have you told? A few. I'll find one of them. Yeah, a few. <laughs> they got to tell us these things, man. I mean, I, I need to know ahead of time. If I'm supposed to keep something tight-lipped, you got to tell me. That was my thing. Like, I'm a great secret keeper, but apparently I don't know what I'm supposed to keep a secret and what I'm not. So, you, you, you yeah, just tell me. Just, you don't have to tell me. You have to tell me every day. You have to keep reminding me. Cause yeah, it's, I'm good. Tell me once, and it'll never come out of my mouth. But it's, yeah. I guess you do have to tell me. That's so awesome. So, so the family will get uh, bigger. Will Will you travel together? Will you just kind of hit the road, or are you just going to wing it and see what happens? A hard saying, yeah. I mean, with this with this torn PCL, my winter is going to be pretty slow anyway. Um, make sure everywhere we go has got sports med, and um, you know, so the winter will be pretty slow. Everything's kind of right there around the house in Texas anyway. So, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be home a lot, and then yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. You know, it'll kind of heat up through the spring, and then. You know, Reno comes around, we'll, we'll hit the road, and I guess at that point, it's kind of when we'll make the decision. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the best way to live is just day-to-day -day and enjoy it, try to figure it out as it goes. You brought it up. I didn't want to talk about it, but since you brought it up, the torn PCL, how's the knee right now? It hurts. I mean, <clears throat> everybody in the locker room is going through something, right? Um, I knew coming in here that my knee would hurt, and it, you know, there's, there's one way your knee can't move for it to really really be aggravated um and i've done that twice so far Golly. so that that's not ideal but it is what it is like i said i mean I, everybody's going through something well and the crazy thing about it is now we're talking about the knee but that's not your first big injury of of this wrangler national finals rodeo this year you, you had a big injury uh b before the knee yeah tell me about it i was pretty pumped up in the first round and uh you know Smacking my legs, beating my chest, all, all the stupid stuff we bull riders do to... Tarzan stuff. Yeah, to, uh, you know, really work up the courage to get on a 1,700-pound bull. And uh, 
might or might not have have hit my cross that I wear every day, um, and skinned my my middle finger up pretty good. So. I mean, it looked it looked like a pretty good uh, abrasion there. Yeah, it, that, it was. That was before you got on. It, yeah, it was literally right before I got on. I was like, oh, I'm glad my adrenaline's going now. That's gonna hurt tomorrow, though. <laughs> but it idiot. That, that hadn't bothered you? No, it hadn't okay. at all. I mean, there's really, nothing's been bothering me. I mean, riding in the knee brace has been a little different, but other than that, I mean, it's all good. Yeah, uh, but tonight everything shifts back to gold buckle talks because tonight you've got a bull that you're familiar with in this, well, in this environment. <laughs> not, maybe not this arena, but in this competition. Yeah, uh, safety meeting at Chad Burgers. He was... Um, my wife and I always sit down beforehand, and she's like, all right, what's the 10 bulls that you really want to draw? This is the first bull on that 10 bull list that I actually wanted to get on at this NFR. So it's, it's good. I mean, I was 92 points on him in round 10 last year. Um, he's, he's legitimately perfect. I, I do this deal. I go through um, and write down all the negative things about a bull, all the negative emotions that might pop up before, before I go to the arena and just kind of leave them in the room and leave the, leave the negative vibes out of all of it. And I literally went to write down everything negative about him, and I didn't have anything. I mean, he, he really? legitimately, like, you Taylor make one, and he would be the bull that I would make. I mean, he doesn't have horns. Rumor Check. is he's got rubber feet. Check. He's just, he's a cool bull. That, that, it's crazy because, you know, I, we, we talked about mindset and, and being able to, to get into the right mentality to do this sport, but you actually sit down and make a list. I mean, is it kind of like a manifestation or, or, or what do you, what are you thinking when you do this? Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's a manifestation for one, but then two, like, I don't know, there's so many variables in bull riding for yeah. me. It's like, take out all of it that you can control. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, if I can go through and, and sit down and kind of, you know, visualize, think about it all. It's like, I don't know, for me, it just helps me kind of rationalize everything and compartmentalize it all for so many people they say well you know bull riding is you know 90 percent mental 10 percent physical or whatever you know percentages people use but you really believe that oh 100 yeah um i mean it's one of those things we obviously it's a it's a huge athletic feat that you know we accomplish in eight seconds but it's eight seconds man. yeah i, I mean it's almost unhuman and and like not realistic when when the casual human looks at what you guys do on a weekly basis it's supposed to not be possible so you can't take the physicality out of it but i think i mean it's no question you have to be stronger mentally than you are physically yeah for sure well and the big thing like the biggest misconception on bull riding is you know that we're just like jumping on and holding on it's like yeah yeah. good luck man just muscle through it Yeah. yeah good luck and I'd say that's the biggest thing is, you know, finding the timing and whatever else. And it's like, if you have a mental block doing that, you're not going to be able to get right. in the groove. And if you could go down a checklist of the 15 guys entered in the bull riding this year and talk about all of their injuries, you would realize very quickly that it's not all physical. Oh, 100%. You, you name it, in that locker room, it's happened this year, yeah. guaranteed. I mean, Shane Proctor has one of the, the weirdest injuries I think I've ever seen in bull riding, and that's the torn lat. Never even heard of that. Like, we've seen and heard about pretty much every injury. Right. Like, your lat's one of your biggest muscles yeah. in your body. Yep. The fact that you can tear that, I didn't even know that was the thing. I didn't know it was possible, and I sure as hell didn't know it was possible to do that and get on two more bulls the next day. He, he's one of the, like the low-key most tough guys I've ever been around. I think he's one of the most underappreciated athletes ever in the sport of bull riding. I, I mean, I think he's accomplished so much. He won the Calgary Stampede, won, you know, here, there, won, won the world title. Uh, but his toughness, and I see him every day, which is, you know, great for me. But his toughness and to be able to persevere and get through stuff, like, it, it's incredible to me. Yeah, he's a beast. And... Like, the weird part is, like, he enjoys it. That's my thing. Like, loves it. Like, when he was getting on with his broken leg this summer, like, he enjoyed when the announcers were like, he's got a broken leg. Like, it was this trigger in his mind. It's like, oh, yeah, I do, and I'm about to ride this bull. (laughs) That's the stupidest thing ever. What? (laughs) It makes no sense. You got two shredded shoulders, and and you get more fired up because you're hurt. Yeah. I guess you have to. I mean, it goes back to mentality of it. Yeah. I I mean, you either give up or get fired up i guess yeah i don't know are you a guy that like wants to if, if i'm hurt i'm i'm backing out or no like i'm real rational with everything right like you 
like I go into the perf and you know, yeah, your shoulders torn up or whatever. Right. And you're just like, okay, this is going to hurt. It's probably not going to be as fun as it would be if I was healthy. Right. But there's $30,000 a night in the go round and somebody's going to walk away with a gold buckle at the end right. of it. And like, so I'm, I'm very rational with the way I think I'd, I'd like to think I am anyway. Yeah. So yeah, no, it doesn't like trip my trigger. I Pull guess. that a little closer. Are you a guy that, that watches the numbers all year long? You bring up money. Uh, are you a guy that watches to see how close everybody is to you or, or not? Oh, for sure. I think, uh, you know, if, if winning didn't matter and numbers didn't matter, you wouldn't keep score. I mean, and it's a business. And everybody wants to talk about feelings and emotions and whatever, but it's like, no, like you are what your statistics say you are at the end of the day in sports. And like I said, people can talk about how somebody makes them feel or whatever else, and feelings are important, but like your numbers are what you are, right. period. Right. And you're not a guy, I don't think, that, that, that thinks about a lot of things other than. 30 years from now in the history books. I, I feel like that is one of the primary focuses for you is, is what your kids, what your grandkids, what the next generation of athletes in this sport. I feel like that's one of the things that is the most important to you. Am I uh, wrong in saying that? No, I think you're totally right. And it took me, you know, a, a couple years in my professional career to realize that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like all you are is what you leave behind. And, and I mean, your legacy is what it is, right? And it's it's one of those things. I, I I care enough about the sport. All I want to do is leave the sport in a better place than what I found it. Yeah, and, and I think you've done that. I, I mean, look at the things you've done. Do you ever just stop and go, <laughs> "Holy crap!" 2014, show up in Las Vegas as a rookie and win the first of what would be six consecutive. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, occasionally I do kind of pinch myself about it because. It's one of those things, like, when you're in the middle of it, you're just doing it. You know right. what I mean? And then you do, you kind of take a step back, and you're like, wow, like, that was pretty special. Yeah. As an old man, let me give you a piece of advice, because I've heard a lot of old, <laughs> old guys say this, whether it was in music or fighting or, or professional sports. You mentioned just getting caught up in the moment and just, like, you're in it. You're, you're part of it. We never really stop and just soak things in. 2019, no, 2020. We went to Madison Square Garden. I forced my girlfriend at the time to go with me because I said, you never know when we'll get to go back to New York City. And we soaked every single moment of being in Madison Square Garden in. Three months later, the world shuts down. So you got to stop and just, just, I know you don't want to look back, but it's okay to think, holy crap, I've done some amazing things. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, the, the memories are cool and there's a time and place for them. Um, and it is. It's it's one of those things. I don't feel like I ever really appreciate the moment for what it is, like at the time that it's right. happening. But you go back and relive it, you know, and you're like, wow, that, that really was pretty special. Yeah, I, I know this is well documented, but uh, not on our podcast. So I want to go back because you come from a very talented rodeo family. I mean, like everybody basically in, in your family is involved in some way, shape, or form in this industry or in the Western lifestyle. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, that was just what it was. Like, we were we were a rodeo family. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just grew up loving it from a very early age. Uh, Dad was a barrel man. He, he did the riding events growing up. Um, Mom was a rodeo queen, ran barrels. And, like, it was just rodeo, really, it just kind of was. It was in our blood, and it was what we did. So Dad was a barrel man here at the National Finals Rodeo. Yeah. Twice? Twice, yeah. Okay. And then he worked the bullfights, like, 15 or 17 times like a bunch uh brother young bull rider yep yeah he made the finals in 2019 yep um yeah i mean it's it's definitely kind of a family business for sure sister was a trick rider married a cowboy yeah craziness yeah i mean it's 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 rodeo family yeah. through and through straight up uh was there ever any other path that you thought you were going to take or was it bull riding all the time, full throttle. Um, I was like kind of a late bloomer, I guess. So whenever... Um, no pun intended. Yeah, right. Whenever uh, like I would kind of like move up in an age group or whatever, like, you know, I remember like the first year I started getting on junior bulls, I probably weighed 75 pounds and was like four foot nothing. Really? You know? So it was like it... it it was really hard for me to move up age groups. Like some guys just have a smooth transition and actually probably do better whenever they move up. But for me, like, it wasn't that way. So every time I moved up age groups, 
it was just injury, 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 and it was like, was a lot of it because you you were smaller? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It was like I was just not physically ready to be doing what I was doing. Um, and I tried really hard, too, so that yeah. d- didn't exactly help anything right. either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of times where I was like, man, is this what I wanted to be doing? And then I'd say when I kind of reached, like I was probably 16, was going to a bunch of the amateur and open rodeos around the house, and, like, that was the first time, like, it was, like, tangible success because I made, like, 30000 that summer and, like, was getting on, you know, the, the amateur open bulls, like big bulls, and it was, like, there was only one more level for me to, like, hit the peak of rodeo. Right. Um, and at 16 years old, like I said, I mean, like, I paid my truck off. Like, right. I, I mean, I was rolling in it as a 16-year-old, and I was like, man, bull riding, yep, yep. that's me. That's it. I mean, a 16-year-old kid making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in a year, that's, I mean, that's basically equivalent to LeBron James' money at that age. For me, it would have been anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. It was, it was one of those things, you know. Dad tells me to take the trash out or go feed the horses. Right, I'm a bull rider. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got money. Take, take the trash out. Yeah, somebody <laughs> does that for me now. <laughs> uh, what was the first big win or, or the first win where you went, okay, this really is it. Like, this is why God put me on this earth. San Antonio, my yeah. rookie year. Yep. I went in. Um, I can't remember. I think I was already winning the world at that point because I'd been to like 50 rodeos or whatever. You know, like that was, that was what I was going to do. I was going to go to the most rodeos, ride the most bulls, and, you know, make the NFR. That was kind of like number one goal. Um, obviously, I wanted to win the world, but like I didn't really know where I matched up against the top dogs either. Well, and that's really not normally the, the number one goal that a young kid puts into perspective. I mean, yeah, it's a pipe dream for most people. But the reality of it is, it's like, okay, let's, let's start yeah. small goals and build up. Yeah, it, it's the stair-stepping goals, right? And that was my thing. I was like, well, I, I knew that I was good enough to make the NFR, 100%. Right. Like, I'd, I'd had a lot of success on my permit, but I, I'd really kind of circuit rodeoed, and I hadn't really, like, knocked head with, heads with the big dogs very much um, up to this point. And I'd won, like, third or fourth at Cheyenne. Like, I'd done good at a couple of big rodeos, but right. you don't really know, like, all year long, blah, 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 you know. But it was one of those things, like, you know, going out, I'm going to make the NFR. Well, I roll into San Antonio. Like, I'd already had a good winner. I'd won, like, 25000 or something. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was, I was definitely in the top five in the world. I don't know if I was winning it at this point yet. Um, but we go into San Antonio. I win the Extreme Bulls and the Rodeo one day. Won, like, 40-something thousand that counts to the standings. Like, I'm first by a lot right after yeah. that day. And I was like okay new goals because like at that point i'd literally already made the nfr yeah um and we're at the end of february so i was like all right you know sit down refocus and that was when that was when it was it was like okay i mean i can do this and this is this is realistic so before that was the idea of breaking donnie's record in your mind or was it realistically like i just want to make the nfr and we'll go from there well i mean it's in the back of your mind but it's you know to navigate like the crazy trek that it Right. would be to do that i mean you're talking about a thousand mile hike and and you're taking the first step you know right. what i mean so it's like it was always i ever since i was a little kid that's one thing my dad just like beat into our head is like if you're gonna do anything like do it wholeheartedly and like try to be the best at yeah. whatever it is um so whenever bull riding kind of like was my career path like that was just that was it you know where like was there a defining moment where you went okay I really can do this. I really can win more world titles than anybody else. Um, like, I'd say, defining moment. I never really thought about it, but, like, yeah, I guess after my first NFR, because, like, I came in here, got on the bull of the year that year, crossed the Wyoming line. Um, he handled me the first round, like, handled okay. me. Um, and then rode eight in a row. And then got bucked off in round 10. But it was like, I, I, honestly, I felt like I was like, I was really, really good. Um, and it was like, well, I mean, my future's just kind of up to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Control of your own destiny. Yeah. And this is a rodeo where you've had a lot of success. I mean, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong, but three times? One of the average here? Yeah. Three, three times you qualified eight different occasions. Uh, six of those times you've left a world champion. Those are numbers already 
that most people don't even think about dreaming about. Yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible run, and, no, and you're, you're far from finished. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm still young. I think I'm in better shape this year than what I probably ever have been. Okay, I want to ask you about that because <laughs> I've never, in, in all the years that we've been friends, I've never seen you really talk about being in the gym or working out or the physical side of what you guys do. I yeah. saw that not too long ago, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... It's one of those things that I, I, n- I never really thought that being in shape gave you an advantage. Uh, really? Like, I, I just don't understand that, really. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's eight seconds at the end of the day. You see guys that aren't in shape doing extremely good things, right? You do. And you I do. tell you what really shifted my whole perspective on that was Jose and the PBR coming in because, like, that guy, it's an advantage for him. Yeah. To be like so athletically in tune. And well, I never saw it before. It's a business, like we talked about earlier, and it's not just a business of numbers. It's a business that depends on your body. And so my ideology is why not give yourself the best advantage possible? And if, if it's a physical sport, your body's got to be in the absolute peak performance. Yeah. Well, it's just my ignorance on it all, right? Like, cause but, it, but it's not just you. It's been every cowboy that's ever lived 100%. that's ever been in this sport. It's just indoctrinated into them. Like, well, it's just part of being a cowboy. Well, and I think the thing that, like, shakes, shakes progress is you look at a guy like JB, right? Like, JB right. is not a physical specimen. And he's rode every world champion bull in the PBR for over a decade. Well, it's like, well, if he can do it, I can. No. It's not, not the case. No. He's a freak. There's no way you're supposed to be able to do that. Right. It, he is incredible, the fact that he can go do that. And like you said, I mean, bottom line, you want to talk about numbers and percentages and this and that. Like, the only way to give yourself the best chance is to be in shape. Right. And like I said, it, I hate that it took me this long in my career to figure that out, but it yeah, is but what it is. better late than never, right? Yeah, I mean, some people sure. can pick up a musical instrument or a guitar, and they just have this God-given ability. But a guy like me, I'd have to work my whole life to just be able to get chords right. You right. know, I mean, it, it, that's just the nature of the beast, especially in this sport, though. Yeah, well, and I think too, like the older you get, I mean, it's not—I'm not a rookie anymore. And right. I think the older you get, the more important it is to take care of your body for sure. You've been here a long time, but do you still get nervous? Yeah. Really? For sure. It's, I mean, in, in different ways, but yeah. How so? Well, so like you're coming in here as a rookie, like, again, it was back to like, I didn't know how I matched up. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I, I had ridden a bunch of NFR caliber bulls and I'd done this. But I mean, you hear everybody talks, just like, well, there's nowhere like Vegas. There's nowhere like the NFR. Like, it's just different. It's just different. And so, I mean, I came out here my rookie year and I'm like, well, hope I stay on. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't really know. You're just like, well, hopefully it works. World champion mentality right there. I just hope I stay on. Well, I mean, but really, though, it's like, you know deep down that you're like, yeah, man, I have the ability. But at the end of the day, like, this is a tough sport, as everyone knows. If you're riding 50% of your bulls, you are one of the top bull riders in the entire world. Well, you take 50%, so five out of ten. Like, that's, that's on par for the course at the finals. Yeah couple bad goes so now you're at three out of ten you waste a couple opportunities now you're at one out of ten you just fall off one and then you ride zero right and that's rough right and and the opposite can go too like i mean obviously there's jim sharp ten in a row it's like everything has to work in your favor but it's you really don't know like where your stuff matches up until you get out here have you been at one of those spots where you started to question can i can i do this uh last year for sure. Um, coming off the ankle surgery, I had ankle surgery uh, on Valentine's Day last year um, and kind of came back. Like the whole road to recovery was weird because like, I came back in two weeks after my surgery, got on at Houston, the American, um, and then COVID hit. Boom. Shut down. Um, it was the first time I'd ever taken a break in my professional career. So like I go home and I literally do nothing for, you know, three months, whatever. Um, PBR calls, hey, we're having this deal out at the South Point. It's going to be closed to everything. You know, I'd love to have you, blah, blah, blah. Cool. That'll be a great place for me to, like, get back in the swing of bull riding. Mind you, like, I have been 
less than ideal, like as a person and doing my my whole rehab. Like I did nothing for months Counts because, like, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like I was worthless for three months, two months, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, come in there. Like I was in the worst physical shape of my life. Um, had not like worked worked out, done anything. I mean, really, like tried. Like I hadn't applied myself whatsoever to like bull riding. Period. Why? Because I, I liked the break. You, I mean, you just honestly. finally got to a point where you had a, a place where you could hit the pause button, and for the first time in your career, like, it just felt good to stop. It was the greatest excuse. Like, COVID was the greatest excuse for me to just like take a step back and just be like, oh. It's interesting I'm you say tired, that because man. I feel like most people spent their COVID going, okay, I'm going to work hard because when we come back, like, I'm just going to hit things gangbusters. But you had a different approach. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I think it was like the break that I was always looking for, but never would take. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, seven years dedicating every day of your life to something like that's a long time, especially in a sport that's as tough as bull riding. Well, and everybody in this industry says, "Man, I just need a weekend off, or I need wish I had two weeks at home so I could catch up on everything." Until you get two weeks at home, and then like I get about three, four days into it, and I get stir crazy, and I'm like, I need to get back out on the road and do yeah. something. And that's how it was, but like that's how it's always always has been for right. me. But with COVID, it's like the pause, but the stop button was already yeah. pressed. Like, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, hindsight being what it is, you know, obviously I'd have handled it differently. But uh, yeah, no, but it, it worked out okay. I mean, so, yeah, so was it, it the beginning it of that stage, or was it coming back? It, it was coming back because like there was bulls at that deal. Like I'd been on quite a few of those bulls, right? And like my body just wasn't moving properly. And it was one of those deals like, I mean, good bulls obviously, but like good bulls were like kind of manhandling me. And that, that doesn't really happen to me very often. Right. And it was like, oh, like you need to take a look at all of this. It's, it's weird that you say that because like never would have guessed, never would have noticed. Like you have this presence where you're always just kind of even kill. You don't get too amped up. You don't get too down. Like, and I think that's to your advantage because nobody else in the locker room was ever going to see if you're doubting yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know, but it's like, like deep down and like, I don't know, for whatever reason, like I just really didn't care even about like getting on bulls last right. year. And I don't know. I mean, you can chalk it up to a million things, but it was one of those deals. Like it was just like, I didn't want to be there, man. Yep. It, ha- it happens to all of us, trust me. I mean, like, you, you, you pray about these things, and, and, you know, the old saying goes, careful what you wish for, because when you get it, then you realize that maybe it's not as glamorous as it always is. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to believe that at times, it's kind of hard being Sage Kimsey. I mean, it, it can be, but it's also the life that I've worked my whole life for, you know what I mean? And it's... I don't know. I guess, yeah, it just, I didn't really realize, you know, like what all I had until it was all gone. And it was like, oh, I don't like yeah. this. We take a lot of stuff for granted. A lot. And uh, all the old people always tell us, don't take things for granted. You know, yeah. you'll miss it when it's gone. And then I think, I think 2020 made us all wake up and go, you know what? We're pretty blessed. We're blessed to be in this industry, much less to be able to do this and, and, and live out our dreams. Oh, for sure. And it is. It's, I mean, it's 100% I took it all for granted because, I mean, like I remember I was talking to my wife before we even went out to the finals, and I, I told her, I was just like, I honestly just don't even want to go. She was like, what? And, it, 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 I mean, it, it sounds horrible, right, like me just telling right. this, but this is truly how I felt. Like, she was like, what do you mean? Like, it's CNFR. Like, this is what you worked your whole life for. And I was like, I know. Like, I, my heart's just not in it, though. Like, it just, yeah, it is what it is, you know? And, of course, like, her being the great support system that she is, like, she's trying to pump me up the whole time. She's like, you know, yeah, you know, you, you got this, blah, blah, blah. And I, I finally, like, it was, like, around 7 or something last year, maybe even before that, she was talking about, you know, like, really, like, bearing down and just getting through it, you know. Like, it, it was just a grindstone. And I finally looked at her, and I was like, hey, here's how it is. I was like, I'm not going to win the world this year. I don't care about it. And that's just how it is, period. And it was just like, she looked at me and, like, Got some tears in her eyes, and she was like, "Okay, fair enough." I was like, "I'm just going to go enjoy my time here, and then we're going to go home." Period. It's hard for it's hard for people that's not in that moment to understand that because mm. for the common human, they're like, "Oh my God, that's the biggest dream ever." Yeah. I remember when I started, I, I could not believe guys would pass on a job, 
and the travel was so great and everything. And the older you get, you start to realize what they meant because for me, that's exactly what it is, is the travel. Yeah. And every week it's somebody going, oh my gosh, you get to go to all these places and you travel all the time. Yeah, you're right. I travel all the time and I'm, I'm sick of it sometimes. Yeah. And it's okay to be tired of it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, whatever makes you happy or sad, it's just, it's you as a person. You know what I mean? It's not. Let me live my life, man. It, yeah, it, it's not what everybody else wants for you, right? Like, my, my wife wanted me to be committed and, and, like, love going to the national finals last year, like, as much as I usually do, because she knows how much joy, like, this brings me. It, you know what I it's mean? It's a passion that you have. But that's the thing. Like, there was no burning desire. And, you know, you take, you take the passion and desire out of something, and, I mean, you see, yeah. you see an average Sage Kimsey at the finals last year. You Did know? you get it back? I did, yeah. Okay. I, I, I kind of figured this year watching, um, you got it back, and it's full steam ahead back towards chasing goals. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned your wife, obviously, the support system. Let's get personal. How'd you, <laughs> how'd you guys meet? Man, we met, I don't even know, it was like 2008. Okay, at... thank God she's not here and hope that she's not going to listen to this because if you don't know, she might kick your ass. She, she probably will. We'll listen to it at some point. Um, she's at the ladies' luncheon yeah. um, today. so She's a busy girl. Yeah. Oh, for sure. She really and, is. And I think it's good because like, she understands it all, you know? So go back to digging yourself a hole. How did you guys yeah. meet? Yeah, this is going to be a big hole. So we met, it was Farmington, New Mexico at High School Nationals. Like I said, it was like 2008 or 2009. Okay. And uh, so like, there's this river that runs through like right by the rodeo arena in Farmington. Well, her parents wouldn't let her go float the river by herself. Like, she had to have, like, somebody with her to go float the river. So she comes up to, like, this is eighth, ninth grade Sage Kimsey. Like, I don't know what they thought I was going to do, but. Wait a minute. I, I want to picture eighth, ninth grade Sage Kimsey. Yeah, yay tall. Little uh, bitty guy. Oh, little, little bitty guy. Yeah, just like little wannabe bull rider. You know what I mean? Big hair? Probably, yeah. Okay. At that time, All like. Right. A lot more hair than I have now, for sure. Same. Um, so she, like, all comes up to me. And actually, my best friend at the time was up in the bull riding that night. And she's just like, hey, you want to go float the river? And I was like, no, I got to go to the performance. And that was, like, one of the first times we met. And, yeah. So you, you turned her down right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bold probably, move, man. Bold yeah, move. Probably just scared Sage. Like, still to remember to this day the color of bikini she was wearing, though. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's important. Yeah. At least you got your priorities right. Yeah. So, so when did it come back around? Um, so, yeah, I guess it had been probably my senior year. Um, I was uh, selected to be on the Bloomer Trailers high school rodeo team that they have for the IFYR. And, uh, think she had anything to do with it? Uh, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we're, we're all there doing whatever. She's a freshman in college at this point. She came back to like help her family with the team meeting. Wait, she's older? Yeah. Really? Yeah, she's like a year and eight months older than me. Nice. Got, got my cougar, yeah. I, 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 I rag her about it all the time, too, yeah. her being older than me. But um, so we're, we're at this meeting, and at that point, like I'm – I'm like the cocky, like young bull rider, Sage Kimsey, you know oh, yeah. what I mean? So I come in, well, I don't have a date to prom yet, right? Because I'm like, I don't need a girlfriend. I'm a bull cool rider kid. and yeah. I'm cool, you know? Well, anyway, I come in, this, you know, freshman girl's helping, helping her family do this. She's beautiful. So I just ask her to prom, boom, right on the spot. Hey, come to prom with me. She's like, um, no, I'm in college and I'm not going to your high school prom with you. Like, you loser. Your loss, you know, whatever. Um, I really, I really picture you looking at her, going, "You're lost." Oh, 100 percent, I would have. Yeah, I had, I had my flippy hair, <laughs> and my ridiculous bull rider creased hat. I'm like, oh, "You're lost." That's hilarious. Yeah, and then roll forward. Um, I guess it was, it was my rookie year, and so I come back to my hometown from a tiny town in Oklahoma, like the best people in the world. Um, they had like Sage Kimsey Day at the high school auditorium to like celebrate my first world title. Well, That's I, awesome. I wear a suit jacket to it, you know, and I take pictures with a bunch of the little kids and whatever. And uh, she texts me and she's like, Hey, you look really nice at, at that deal. I was like, Hey, thanks. Well, anyway, we, we start texting and like, we talk pretty much every day for 
10 months, I guess, like never really hang out with her. Um, cause like I'm on the road, whatever we were, we were at the same places a couple times, but, um, yeah. anyway, I mean, yeah, never, never really, never really hung out until I guess August hung out with her once and then started dating in October and the rest is history. That's so cool. Like, uh, I'll be honest, my wife slid in my DMS and, uh, so it was all her. She, she basically <laughs> begged. No, but it was the same thing. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, everything in life happens perfectly if yeah. you do things the right way. Well, and that was my thing. Like, it's, I was so focused on my career that, like, that there was nothing that was going like, to get jerk. in the way you of You were a complete jerk. Oh, 100%. Jerk. Yeah. I mean, I was a bull rider, man. Come well, on. I, but I, 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 I truly believe that if, you, if you're dead set on goals, you're dead set on a career, you focus on that. For, I mean, that's what I did. I said, I want to announce more PBR World Finals than anybody else. And, yeah. and I positioned myself to do that and to be in those positions. And that's all I focused on was my job. And then all of a sudden, like once I got in a rhythm of doing what I was headed to do, then boom, pop, pops up and life changes. Well, I think that's the great thing, though, is like you, you say it changes, but everything kind of runs the parallel to that, right? And I mean, the law of attraction, it brings the right woman in your life at the right time. It brings the right friends in your life at the right time to like help you achieve what like, and I'm sure you probably agree, like what I know God put me on this earth to do. Right. And it's like everything just kind of comes around and, you know, everything works out the way it should. Um. I, we we glossed over this earlier, but actually, I want to go to this because what town did you grow up in? What town did you graduate high school from? <laughs> I graduated high school from Cheyenne, Oklahoma. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did you guys win the state tournament? We did. Yeah, that pisses me off. <laughs> we went to the state tournament in basketball, and we got our butts handed to us uh, the opening game of the state tournament. That's a big thing back home, man. Oh. Oh, like small, that is a small big school thing basketball people like not from small town Oklahoma. They don't get it. Don't understand like small school basketball is king. Like we had fist fights and scrimmages. That's how that's how important oh, yeah. it was to us. Yeah, it was hardcore for sure. Um, okay, so you, you win that first world title. You kind of find yourself getting into a rhythm and uh, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Then, two thousand twenty. What do you do? I mean, like, where do you go mentally to reevaluate and shift back into the right direction? Well, I mean, I kind of just had to fall back on, like, what truly was important to me, right? Um, Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, like, bull riding, rodeo, like, all of it's important and it's part of who I am. But it's like, okay, well, like, like, why do I want to do Like, I had to really ask the right questions to kind of figure out, like, what direction I wanted my life to go because it was one of those deals like I wasn't going to have the repeat of 2020 again because I couldn't be miserable for that long again yeah um so really like yeah just kind of tried to figure out like where where my happiness came from it's it's pretty simple in my mind if you don't enjoy doing something why are you there yeah uh it's like a relationship if, if you're not happy get out or remember why you were happy in the first place. Right. Well, but that's the big thing, too, is, like, I mean, I was 26 at the time. You look at it, like, obviously I'm good at it. Like, I had I had a reason to be doing it. Right. So, like, there was a lot, there was a lot that went into it. Like, there was a lot of, like, self-talks and, and talks with my wife about, like, just kind of all of it because it was, like, I was kind of lost for sure. Have you thought about how long you want to go? Yeah, but I, I don't really know that there's, like, an answer to that either. A lot of guys will say, man, once I get to 30, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Or once I win X amount of world titles, I'm riding off into the sunset. But you don't really have that? I mean, I, like, I do. But at the end of the day, like, if if I want to get on bulls, I'm going to be getting on bulls. And I really don't care, like, what people say. You know, people are always like, oh, you know, he should have quit 10 years ago. It's like, well, who are you to say that? That's right. I mean, if it brings him joy, like, who cares if he's a skeleton of what he once was? Right. If it brings him joy, then cool, you know? Like, so, I don't know. I mean, I I definitely, for for me, it's, like, it's more about, like, where my life is, I guess. Yeah. Um, And, like, I definitely, I want to be there for my kids, right? And so, for me, like, as the kids get older, my career will definitely 
change. Not stop, but yeah, it will change. change it's like sure. like Shane mentioned, you know, this is the last time he really wants to go hard, make the NFR. His priorities have shifted in a major way. But you brought up something that, that I don't think I've ever really thought of it that way because if we're being honest, our fans can sometimes really be overly critical. All fans, man, they're ruthless. In, in any they're sport. But, but I think that sometimes it's different for rodeo because we're so close and, and connected to the fans that they can walk straight up to your face and tell you exactly what they think. Nobody's going up no, to no, Tom they, Brady. No, they won't do that. They won't do that. Look <laughs> it on Facebook and tell you how they feel. Come on, let's be honest. Talk all kinds of crap on social <laughs> media, but hey, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, nobody's walking up to Tom Brady, my point, and saying, man, you had a horrible game. Time to give it up. Yeah. Our... Our sport is notorious for saying, man, he should have gave it up years ago. But you brought up a great point. Who are we to say that it's time for somebody to give up their passion or their joy? Right. Well, and side note, we do have the greatest fans. I truly truly do believe that. But But they're humans, just like all of us. Right. But it is. It's one of those things. I mean, it just brings me back to the quote, um, man in the arena. I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard it, but it it is so true because it is. It's like... Man, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, none of it really matters, right? Like, and if if it is, you know, a legacy or whatever that a guy rode till he's 50 and can't stay on anymore, but deep down in his heart of hearts, it makes him happy, cool. Yeah, you know what cares? I mean? Like, I don't think getting on bulls is going to bring me joy. Right. Past the age of, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, if it does, cool, you know? What do you think you'll do afterwards? Hard saying. I don't really know, honestly. Um, uh, that's spoken like a true bull rider. Yeah, well, it's one of those things like everybody's got these plans, right? Yeah. But like, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I can do, and there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I'd be good at. Um, I would like to stay within the industry in in some regard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I I don't have any idea what I want to be when I grow up because I'm busy working on today. Right. Like, like I have some goals right now that I want to accomplish. I'm busy working on that. If the time comes where I'm not in this industry anymore or doing what I'm doing, I'll figure it out then. Like, right. But I, I get caught up in that whole, let's, let's worry about right now. Oh, instead. for sure. And I mean, I think like, you know, immediate future, I, I definitely, I think I would be a really good advocate for, for bull riders, right? Like in whatever, whatever realm that is, I think I, I could do that as good, if not better than anybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's bull riding period. It's all about winning a, a world title yeah. in the next couple of days. And then another one and another one and another one and <laughs> another one, I think. Cause, yeah, cause yeah. I would love to see 10 of those buckles at your house. Yeah. 10 would, 10 would be pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, I I, cause that's the thing. Like Donnie, they, they changed the rules in 1978. Um, and they claimed the, the NFR champion, uh, the world champion. Which they, they have a great world champion in 1978, right? But Donnie could have won that gold. Right. 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 So, so it's not really eight. You kind of got to think nine. You got to get nine to tie Donnie. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And I love that you look at it that way because, you know, the, the casual fan would not even think twice about that. Yeah. Okay, he's got more buckles. Fine. But you literally look at it like, okay, to, to tie him, I've got to be at nine. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Really cool. Have you guys had that conversation? Have you guys talked a lot? Oh, yeah. I'm, we've I'm talked sure. A lot. Yeah, Donnie's a really good, good personal friend, and uh, so yeah, we, we've talked about it a lot. And he sold you not a chance. Oh yeah, no, he he's been he's been number one in my corner. I th- I think whenever you talk about like breaking something like that, that's I yeah. mean, I mean, we're looking at forty years almost. Yeah. Like he knows how lofty that goal is. Yeah. Like anybody that's going to set out and try to do that, he's just like, yeah. Well, I'm in and, your corner. Good and luck. he also sits there and, and he continues to be involved. He continues to be a fan and watch. And you can't you can't doubt the evolution of the sport right. and how much diff, more difficult these bulls are. Oh yeah. I mean, on a consistent basis. Right. And there's always the talk about well, back when they bucked or the bulls are ranker or yada yada yada. But at the end of the day. These bulls are incredible athletes on a more consistent basis. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah, I mean, like you said, just the evolution of everything, right? Like, you look at the best, the best three-point shooter from 1986, like, yeah. him and Steph Curry aren't even playing the same game, right. you know? And it's, so, so everything evolves and everything changes. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still bull riding. Let me ask you this. Uh, if, take yourself out of the equation. 
take all of your accomplishments out of the equation and put your fan hat on for a minute. Have you been involved in a moment where you look back and you're like, man, I'm just glad I was there. I'll give you an example. Uh, Cody Webster was out here a minute ago. I was there the night he got his first Bullfighter of the Year award. I was there the first time he went to the PBR World Finals. Like, those are things to me, like when a guy retires, like I always talk about if a guy says, hey, I want you to come up and do my retirement you know, interview and things like that, or you know, watching, watching you get a gold buckle in the arena on, on Saturday or things like that. You had those moments for you? Yeah, so I've never really thought about that, but I mean, yeah, I've been there for for quite a few of yeah. them, really. Um, I mean, and even yeah, like you look, JB riding at his first NFR, like that's cool. Um, you know, making the PBR finals in seventeen, like that was the debut of Jose Lime. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of them. I've actually never like sat down and thought about that. Yeah, I, and I mean, I think it's cool that you were there yeah. when we all met him for the first time. Yeah. And then fast forward, what, three years later, you guys end up on the same team yeah. in Las Vegas while the world shut down. Yeah. Just cool coincidences. No, it is. It's crazy. Like I said, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. National Finals Rodeo, you mentioned earlier, some people say, ah, uh, you know, the bright lights, it's, it's different in Vegas. A lot of guys will say it's just another rodeo. What do you tell an 18-year-old kid qualifying to his first NFR? I think both of those are true. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that, like, it is different. You're going to have feelings that you've never felt before. But bottom line, if you made it here, you deserve to be here. There's a reason you're here. Just go do your deal, man. Just Agreed. enjoy it. Agreed. Uh, agreed completely. Do you have a lot of kids come up to you and ask for advice? <laughs> um, yeah, quite a few. It's, I bet. And I, I don't know. I love it because it is. It's one of those things. I mean, that there's a lot of times that, you know, 12, 14, 16-year-old Sage Kimsey needed needed a word of advice that, you know, I might not have always had. Don't lie. 21, 22, 23-year-old yeah, Sage 27-year-old <laughs> Sage Kimsey needs advice. No, but it is. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, if I can kind of, you know, give them at least a little bit of good advice, yeah. what I think is good advice anyway, so uh, it's good. I, I, I love it because I, I have been around you in circles for, for quite a while now, Uh Really, the last few years, kind of gotten to know you, and, and I remember thinking the first few times I was around you, I was like, "That arrogant little bastard." And, and, but, but, and I let me follow that up with saying, I, I've seen you so much differently the last few years, and, and really enjoyed just getting to be around you, Alexis. Um, and I think that that's a testament to to who you are, not just inside the arena, but outside of the arena. I think I think it's cool to see the well, way the way you that. handle yourself. The way you present yourself, I know that it's important. Reputation is important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, reputation, legacy, all of it, right? Because it is, it's one of those deals. Once it's over, it's over. And uh, the memories are what's left behind. And I, I do, I try to try to treat everybody right and do it, you know, the right way, if right. you will. Uh, anything surprising that people would be shocked to hear about you? Oh, I guess I'm a huge nerd at heart. I mean, that might How be so? something... Like, I read all the Harry Potter books growing up. Like, I'm, Wait, talking, what? I'm talking nerd, nerd, man. Yeah, you're right. Because I was yeah. going to say, oh, I'll give yourself some credit. But if yeah. you read all the Harry Potter books, you really are a nerd. Yeah, no, nerd at heart, for sure. I guess that's probably the most surprising thing. I'm going to ask this question simply because Click Thompson's in the audience. Star Wars, yay or nay? It's a nay for me. Same. But I do know there's millions of people that love it, and those millions of people can't be wrong. Or they're really weird. Everybody's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't get it. I, I don't understand Star Wars. I don't, what, what was your go-to? What was your go-to as a kid? What would what would twelve-year-old Sage Kimsey die to to do? To do? Yeah, outside of rodeo. Uh, are you a video game guy? Or are you? A yeah, I've always liked video games. Okay, basketball. I mean, I don't know. It's like my world just growing up was kind of just all over the place, really. Yeah, yeah. same. Like bull riding was the only constant. That's cool. It worked out okay. Yeah. Last sure. question uh, as we start to wrap things up. I asked you earlier if you still get nervous. Um, these 10 days, obviously for a lot of people, strike a different set of nerves, whether it be in their event, whether it be in all the things they have to do during the day because it's a busy 10 days. It's a difficult 10 days. It's a dangerous sport. Do you get more nervous about the bull you're about to get on? Or the grand entry? 
The grand entry is pretty nerve-wracking. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I don't, like, it's, it's pretty bad. It's a madhouse in there. It's not bad until about round, like, three or four. Because, like, those horses know. Like, the horses aren't dumb. Right. And, I mean, yeah, they start playing the music, and they see one of them go, and, like, all the horses' heads in unison just turn and look at the outgate, like, oh, yeah, we're about to go. Time to go. Yeah. But can you imagine being in poor Wade's shoes right now? No. Like, I, I, I remember coming to the NFR and watching and just thinking that everybody coming in with their flags and Bob and Boyd were, you know, they had the energy level up in that building, and I just thought, man, that is the coolest thing ever. Oh, it's so cool. And the older I get, I think, man, that is the dumbest thing ever. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that, that was my aha moment whenever, like my rookie year, whenever I got out here, we're doing grand entry practice. And uh, like the first time practice, like Thomas and Max empty. And, uh, you know, you run around that first time and you stand and they're like, you know, they, they do the whole thing. And like that was the moment, like I'm staring up at 17,000 empty red seats. I was just like, wow, like I'm here. Yeah. You know? And... Here in a few hours, there's going to be 17,000 screaming fans, and I don't really know anything about this horse, and I hope that they can, they can take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, for sure. I, I, I can't wait um, tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday night. I love when the camera pans over to you because you're one of the, one of the guys that, that it looks like you're looking out there and you're still soaking it in. For sure. I think it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, and especially the older I get, I mean, you know, enjoying the moment more. Like, there's no telling how many times I nod my head at those yellow bucking shoots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, as a 19-year-old kid, I didn't really care about that. But it is. It's one of those things. I mean, you look around, and it's a moment that, you know, you're not going to want to forget. So I hope you it enjoy it as much as so many of us enjoy watching you here. I hope you get number seven. I hope you get eight, nine, ten. I, I, I genuinely, I've told you that off, off the record before. I genuinely hope you do. I, I can't wait to see you make history. So, uh Good luck, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, if, if somebody's listening to this, they live under a rock, I, I think it's pretty easy to find you on social media, but how do people keep up with you? Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's Sage Kimsey on all social platforms. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty easy to find me, I think. Cool, cool. And uh, congratulations, not just on making it back to Las Vegas or whatever happens in the next couple of days. Congratulations on the kid and uh, congratulations on everything in life, man. Thanks. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Real quick. Uh-oh. Real quick. Last Uh-oh. thing. I wore a steel hat today just for Sage Kimsey. Sage Steel Kimsey. Is that your real middle name? It is my real middle name. It's a family name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, come from, I mean, where, where did it come from? Do you know? I, I'm not positive. I think I'm, I'm the third or fourth generation of Steels in the Kimsey. But it's, it's been a middle name or a first name? It's been name? a middle name, middle first name. My grandpa's first name was Steel. And then his grandpa's middle name was Steel. Cool. I, I had to ask. Had yeah. to know. Uh, you got good taste in hats, buddy. Appreciate by the it. way. Uh, man, I appreciate it. Again, thanks for taking the time. I know it's a huge 10 days, busy 10 days. Good luck. Uh, again, I reiterate everything I just said, man. I, I hope the best for you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, putting up with us here inside the Doghouse Saloon. And six, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten, forty-seven time PRCA World Champion Bull Rider Sage Kimsey hanging out here today on the Matt West Now podcast. We are headed out to the Resorts World Pavilion to continue the final weekend of the Bullfighters Only World Championship. You can still get tickets here today. Do that. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the Matt West Now podcast. We got one more tomorrow. Richie Champion going to be joining us for the final day in Las Vegas. Sage Steel Kimsey, good luck, buddy. Appreciate it.